invite people to find their seats this week. Well, three candles are lit, so we know that means it's coming up very, very soon. Next week, of course, we'll be having the uh, Sunday school sharing their, their retelling of the Christmas story with us, and that's always very exciting. Before we get into God's word this morning, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful time of Advent, of leading into Christmas. We just praise you that you sent your son, Jesus, that you came to dwell among us, to be the light in the darkness, the word made flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. We praise you and we thank you. And we pray that amidst all the busyness of this time of year, that we might find time to stop and reflect and be thankful. 
and to be able to share love like the love with which you have loved us, shown to us at Christmas and at Easter and in all that you have done for us. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We start off this morning with Luke chapter 2, but starting at verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. As we lead into Christmas time, I've uh, been just taking some of the lyrics from some of the carols that we sing and thinking about these parts of the Christmas story that we might not have thought that much about. And last week we looked at the virgin birth and all, of that, all that that meant. One of the parts people love about the Christmas story is the angels that, that came to proclaim the good news. Some like to put angels on top of their Christmas trees. Kids argue about who gets to be the angels in the nativity plays. Uh, even a lot of those who, um, who aren't part of the church and don't believe in Jesus, they, they really you know, they love the, the side of the Christmas story with the angels coming and appearing. We see angels made out of fairy lights and, and decorating people's gardens and houses. We've got the carols. Hark the herald angels sing. Angels we have heard on high. Angels from the realms of glory. Have I missed any that have got angels in the title? There's plenty others that sing about angels. It came upon the midnight clear, the glorious song of old of angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold. If the only part of the Bible that you knew was the Christmas story, you would think that angels just appeared all the time and that you know they come and they bring good news and then there's a big song and dance number and then off they go. We see Gabriel uh, comes and visits Mary and tells her the good news of what God is going to be doing in her. Uh, we see that the angel appears to Joseph in a dream, not once, not twice, but three times. Once to tell him to marry Mary, once to tell him to leave Bethlehem and go to Egypt, and once to tell him now he can come back from Egypt. And then the biggest appearance of the angels that we see in this time is, of course, the shepherds, the one that appears to the shepherds and appearing in the full glory in which angels can appear in. And it wasn't like a fluffy little cherub with, with you know, cute feathery wings. 
like we sometimes see in the depictions of angels, we see that the shepherds were terrified and fell on their face. And that was just one of them. So who knows what they were thinking when a whole army of angels appeared across the sky singing praises to God. But of course, as I said, if if this was the only bit you would read, you'd assume angels turned up all the time. But if you read across the length and the breadth of God's word, you know this amount of angelic appearances all at once is a very rare thing. So why were there so many angels on and around Christmas Day? What do we learn from them? And what difference does it make to us this Christmas? Now, I've been a bit cheeky here because my, my title is Hark the Herald Angels Sing and this line isn't actually from that hymn. It's from a, from a different carol, but that's okay. The song Midnight Clear sings of the angel's song and it, and it, it sings about, there's this line in it, melody breaks through the silence. And I really like that line. And the silence that the song talks about is more than just the stillness of night. It's talking about the silence of God. Since the time of Malachi, uh, in the time that the, uh, the people of Israel or the people of Judah had returned from exile to their land and were, you know, had rebuilt the walls of their city of Jerusalem and had rebuilt the temple, and God sent them a message through the, the prophet Malachi. But since Malachi, there had been no direct revelation from God. There had been no word from him. Now, that's not at all to say that God was absent during this time. Uh, you know, during this period of history, there was uh, the, 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 the miracle of the lamps, which led to the Festival of Lights, what, what is called now Hanukkah, uh, which is you know, after an oppressive uh, ruler came in and uh, placed pagan uh, statues, pagan uh, idols in the temple of God, there was a revolt. And we read about this in the Maccabees, which isn't part of our Bibles, but still tells us something about the history of that time. And, you know, they, they, they went through a period of cleaning the temple and there was only enough oil to light the lamps for one day, but the oil burnt for eight days as they cleanse the temple. Now, as I said, this isn't part of God's word to us, but we know that Jesus observed the festival of lights, the celebration of these things that had happened. So when I talk about the silence of this era, I don't want to make it sound like God wasn't there, like God wasn't involved, like he wasn't watching over his people and his will was being done. But there was no prophet. No fresh revelation from God. There were no messengers, no angels bringing word from God. Now, one of the books of the Maccabees talks about angels fighting alongside them in their battles. That might have happened. Like I said, not being the word of God, I'm not going to stake my life on it. But even if so, there was no new word. They didn't, the angels fought, but they didn't speak. And so in this silence of God, we have this time of waiting 
a sense of expectation because most of God's Old Testament promises remained unfulfilled. His promises of the Messiah, his promises of salvation, his promise of the great and glorious day of the Lord remained unfulfilled. And then melody breaks through the silence. Christ the Saviour is born. The new word of God that springs forth on the mouth of the angels is good news of great joy for all people. A Saviour has been born, the Messiah, the Lord. Glory to God and peace on earth on those who, peace to those on whom God's favour rests. The angels proclaim to Mary, your son will be the son of the Most High God and his kingdom will never end. The angel proclaims to Joseph that Jesus will save his people from their sins. These angelic appearances are extraordinary in the true sense of the word. They're they're extraordinary. They're outside of the ordinary events. And all of them are pointing us to the true heart of the story. The angels, before anyone else, brought us the gospel message that God has sent a saviour to us, his promised king, his own son. What do we need saving from? Well, the angels tell us that. We, we need saving from our sins. Our sins which separate us from God. Now, there's no mention of the cross in the message that they've given us, but they have told us that he will save his people. And his people, we discover, are not just those who are related to him, but are all who would believe in him, all who would put their trust in him. And what are we saved to? The angels tell us his kingdom will have no end. He will reign forever and we will be saved to an eternal kingdom that never ends. Why has God done this? And this is a key part of the gospel message. Because his favour is on us. Favour isn't earned Favour is given. His favour is on us undeserved because of love. And so after the silence, God sent us the gospel, which remains good news for today. And so the message that the angels proclaimed continues today as we share the gospel and all that would come of all of the promises that they shared But what about the angels themselves? Now, when the the appearance of the angels coming in this extraordinary way in so many numbers and being the only time in the Bible where you hear about like a whole host of angels singing and praising God, at least doing that on earth, as opposed to, you know, John's revelation of heaven. It shows us that the one who was born on that day was more than just any baby. It reminds us that something incredible has happened. 
But we might have a question of, what about today? Should we expect to see angels today? Even if, you know, not to the extraordinary extent that we see on Christmas, that first Christmas. I mean, we know, of course, one did bust Paul out of prison. Uh, and, you know, in, in the book of Acts, and disappeared as soon as he was on the outside of the prison. Another appeared to John with a fresh word and a revelation to him. But the thing is, angels, when they appear to people, have generally appeared as messengers. And God has told us we have the full message now. We have the revelation, you know, we have God the Son has made God known to us. We have the fullness of God's will revealed to us. And so we're not likely to see angels coming to us and bringing a message. And it's important that we know that because that can, you know, people who have had encounters with angels, uh, sometimes those angels have come bearing a message that was not the gospel of God. Both Islam and Mormonism were started with an angel appearing to somebody and, and bringing them a fresh revelation. And that fresh revelation was a very different thing to the gospel that we've received through Jesus. And I remember when, uh, before Faye took over for me, when I was busy looking after the, the books uh, in the library, I remember flicking through one that was about angels and it was this guy talking about you know, these angels that had appeared to him and all these wonderful things that they had said and they didn't line up with the gospel. So that book had to go. Because the Bible does tell us that the enemy can appear as an angel of light. And so I don't know that many of you necessarily would have had the expectation that an angel will come and bring you a message and some fresh revelation of God. It's good to know if that were to ever happen to be cautious, to weigh everything against the gospel. So we're not likely to see angels coming and bringing to us a message. But the angels are still here. Jesus said, uh, talking about, you know, in the whole let the little children come to me story, see that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. And that, that possessive uh, on, on the angels is very interesting. About the angels watching over and having a role in the world in looking over those little children. The other thing to note is that you may well see an angel in your lifetime and never know that that was what had happened. We read in Hebrews, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. They can apparently come and seem just like us, just like people. So although you know, angels and reading about them is very exciting and very interesting, and it's not at all wrong to be interested in angels, but remember that their role in all of this Christmas story is that they've always come to point us not to themselves but to Jesus. And we read even in, in things like 
Isaiah and, and, uh, and Revelation, where Isaiah and John are confronted with a, a, an angel in their, their truest form and the holiness of that angel leads them to fall down on their faces. And the angels say, do not worship me. And they point our worship to where it should go, to God the Father and God the Son. And so what do we do with the angels in the Christmas story? What can they encourage us to do and to be? Well, if we're not likely to ever knowingly see an angel, we can at least be an angel, at least in a sense. We're never going to be an angel like the angels in heaven. They're a different type of being than human beings that God has made. Even when we die, we don't become angels. We become a new, restored humanity in God's image. But the word angel means a messenger. And it's been, been applied to those, those spirits in God's, you know, in God's throne room who come and share God's word with us because they are his messengers to us. And like them... We can be God's messengers. Note what, note what the, uh, in Luke 2, what the shepherds did when they'd received the message from the angels, when they'd gone to Bethlehem, and when they'd seen everything as it had been described to them, the baby in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. There are plenty of people out there who need good news of great joy. That God loves them. And the proof is there at Christmas as well as Easter. The baby in the manger and the Saviour on the cross. People need to know that God's favour is upon them if only they would receive it. And let's be realistic, it's not an easy thing for a lot of people to receive because in order to receive that, we first need to realise that we need saving. We first need to realise that our best efforts aren't actually good enough on their own. And so in sharing this good message with our friends, pray Seeking God that his spirit will go before, will prepare the hearts of people to hear the news, to know that they need God's favour, to know that they need his saviour. And pray that God will give you opportunities this Christmas to let the Christmas story be a way to speak into people's hopelessness, into people's pain into people's stress and heartache and to bring to them the message of good news, of great joy, of God's favour not deserved but freely given. The whole world might be a mess, but Christ is born in Bethlehem and he will reign forevermore.
Glory to the newborn King. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you send your angels to do your work and for our good, for the good of your people here on this earth. We thank you for all those angels who came to proclaim the good news. We thank you that incredible as their appearance was, they came to point us to the baby in the manger, the saviour of the world. We pray that in that small way, not that we'll become like the angels, but that we can be messengers, angels in that sense, bringing your good news to the people, sharing with them the things that we have heard, the gospel that you have shared with us from that very first Christmas day when the silence, your silence was broken and a new covenant, a new word, a new hope was sent out into the world. We thank you, Jesus, for being our hope, for being our salvation. May we always put our trust in you and may you inspire us to love you more and share that love with the world around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.